we hope everybody had a exciting firework filled in more than one way fourth of july weekend this is the post fourth of july weekend fight talk podcast no ufc card this past weekend so we're just going to be breaking down the big pay-per-view coming up this weekend steven jensen though how was uh, how was your weekend and uh, hopefully you got a couple of couple of drinks in maybe and some good uh, some good grill food yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a good weekend. A lot of good professional wrestling, as me and Moe's just talked about off uh, off the record. We were just uh, discussing the uh, the big weekend Moe's had with uh, the independent wrestling world, and I watched those shows. So I was uh, hanging out, watched a lot of pro wrestling, yeah. ate some yeah yeah, ate some good uh, some food with my parents on Sunday because that was the day of the actual holiday, right? Sunday, so yeah. we went over there. Um, yeah, ate some brats, ate some dogs, ate some burgers. It was a good day. Um, and yeah, uh, Moe's, yeah, let the people know what you had going on this weekend because that was a, a badass wrestling-filled weekend for you. Yeah, uh, five shows, three days. I got to do commentary for VXS uh, over on YouTube. The show's still up. It was the pre-show, the, the bootleg, if you will, for their Mosh Pit Killers card, one of the craziest top to bottom stack loaded cards of the year we'll see uh so yeah i got to do the the pre-show with mlj and then um you know got to watch the the main sh- the main card show live uh sunday it was the backyard show shout out gcw and then uh monday we extended the day a week because matt tremont was uh kind enough to let me come hang out at h2o and do the first half of their undiscovered show with a lot of their young talent i got to see uh marcus mathers a lot this weekend i know he's one of the h2o students popping up of course got to see nolan edwards so uh you know we'll definitely plug that whenever it's up on the iwtv but uh without a doubt man fun weekend successful weekend Uh, couldn't could not have asked for anything more shout out jonesy shout out jordan oliver just everybody uh everybody from the weekend it was dope yeah, man. Shout out Fight TV. That's F-I-T-E-T-V. F-I-T-E-T-V. Um, they've been hooking it up. And uh, so, yeah, support them. And also independentwrestling.tv or IWTV.live. Use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. All is one word, no space. And the promo code spot helps out this podcast a lot. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, since there was no MMA this weekend, we don't have anything to to really review. But... We have a stacked UFC 264 coming up um, this Saturday. And by the way, anyone listening to this, I'll be on the Fightful YouTube channel this Saturday. It'll be me, I think Jeremy Lambert, and probably Sean Ross Sapp. It'll probably be the three of us. Um, And we'll be doing the live watch along for the pay-per-view. We'll definitely be there for the co-main and the main event fights, possibly more. Uh, but make sure you're subscribed over there, uh, youtube.com slash Fightful. Um, and then there's also uh, Fightful MMA. So we go live on both of the Fightful uh, YouTube channels there, as well as like Facebook and Twitter and all over the place. So um, so please join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to predicting these matchups. Dude, yeah, yeah, definitely watch that. Yeah, UFC 264 this Saturday back at the T-Mobile Arena July 10th. 10th capped off main event at however you want to say it with the rubber match round three between Dustin Poirier, Connor McGregor. It's uh, as my father-in-law 
likes to say whenever Connor is fighting. The Irishman is back. Dustin Poirier looking to get uh, another finish over Connor. Of course, the history here, Connor won the first one. Dustin with the finish uh, in, in the second match, the sequel. Here we are, Steven, the uh, the big round three, the big rubber match, the the we you know who's gonna who's gonna seal this up and get the final say in this uh, in this rivalry that we really it's it's definitely respect here, but you can see that the you know the the part of the fight game between these two just having fun with a little bit of uh, talk uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a really tough one to actually predict because you know first match connor won with a knockout early second fight poirier won with a knockout early as well in the second round um third fight i mean there's a lot of factors to it like has connor has connor improved his game enough on the feet to where he don't he won't eat those leg kicks Mm -hmm. you know which I, th- I have to imagine the answer to that is probably yes, because I'd imagine that's probably the majority of what he's focused on leading up to this fight is making sure that that didn't happen again. Uh, but on the flip side, I think Dustin Poirier probably has that same exact mindset of like, okay, Connor's going to be preparing for, you know, making sure that that doesn't happen again with those leg kicks. So I'm going to have a game plan based around not really relying on the leg kicks, like using them if he needs to, but knowing that Connor's you know, been practicing against that. So this is, um, this is a really good fight. Like it's, I, I like that this is happening. The winner of this should get a title shot. Like the winner should fight Charles Oliveira next. Um, I think it was really smart for Dustin Poirier to take this fight instead of the title fight for a lot yes. of reasons. Yep. Um, you know, he's going to make way more money to fight Conor McGregor and in his mind, he's thinking he's going to have to fight both guys anyways if he really is the best in the world. So, you know, I say best best in the world. Obviously, I'm excluding Habib Nurmagomedov because, you know, we saw that he – Habib is clearly the best fighter in that weight class. But if he truly is retired, as he says he is, then, you know, like we're really finding out right now who is the best. And Charles Oliveira, in my opinion, is. Like I'm mm-hmm. obviously very high on him. But the point is – Dustin Poirier was given the option by the UFC to either um, to either fight Conor McGregor again or to have the uh, the title fight against Charles Oliveira, and he chose the um, the fight with Conor because he's just going to make way more money. He's going to get pay per view points, which you wouldn't get against Oliveira. Um, he's just going to make a ton more money to do this, and it's a more favorable matchup for him too. It's a guy that he's knocked out versus a guy like Charles Oliveira who. In all honesty, I think that Oliveira, like, I think he'll beat Poirier if they fight. But I think Poirier has a 50-50 shot of beating Connor, and I think Connor's got a 50-50 shot of, of beating him. So, that all said, I'm taking Connor McGregor in the trilogy. I took him in the in the sequel. I took him in the, the first fight, and then I took him in the sequel. I was obviously wrong about the sequel. But what people do tend to overlook is Connor was looking really good in the first round of, of, this, of the sequel fight. Until his life just got ate up to the point where, you know, his game plan was screwed. And then Dustin landed some great punches. I mean, and all credit in the world to him. He, he knocked out Connor cold. Uh, but I think Connor's going to be prepared for that. And I don't think we've ever seen Connor lose. Um, we definitely haven't seen him lose any, uh, any like, uh, rematch. We saw him lose the rematch to, to Dustin, but we haven't seen him lose like 
any of his other re- well, I guess his only other rematch would have been uh, Nate Diaz, which he got back um, in a really close fight. But point is, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Conor McGregor here. I don't know how he gets the job done. I feel like if he's gonna win, it's gonna be within the time frame. I think that Con- that Dustin has more ways to win if it goes through a decision. But I'm going with Conor, man. What about you? I think. This is, it's going to be close. Like you said, it feels like a coin flip. Um, I'm actually, I've been torn on it. I'm going to go, I'm leaning Dustin. I'm going to go Poirier. Nothing more really so than a kind of a gut call of, I think, uh, I know Connor maybe took this a little more serious than, than maybe, he did the the sequel. I know, you know, as a businessman, he's got a lot going on. So I know coming off that loss, whether it's even 10% more thought or, or, you know, uh, work into this, this, this fight here, I mean, that's going to mean a lot, you know, even if it's just something that small, a little more focus on it could very well mean a lot. Cause like you said, we forget that Connor was looking good in that, in that, in the sequel until things went off the rails. So, um, I think it's a very good fight. I, I, like you said, again, coin flip, but I'm going Poirier uh, to win possibly a slugfest, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be mainly a stand-up fight. I really do. Um, and another factor that I definitely need to consider is the fans because yes. Connor, Connor really feeds off the fans. I mean, both, both, all fighters really do at the end of the day, but like Connor, I think to another level feeds off of the fans. And there's always, you know, the the Irish fans come out for his fights and he always has a lot of support. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's just another thing. Like in, in their sequel, there were no fans. And once again, none of this is to make excuses like Dustin Poirier fair and square. He took Connor out decisively in their in the rematch like. Dustin and Dustin very well could do it this time, too. Like I'm deaf. Like I said, by saying 50 50, it's like. I, I think there's just as good a chance as, as Dustin winning as Connor. Like, I, I it's that good of a matchup. Um, but with the fans there, Connor, I think, is just going to be on another level um, than what we saw on the uh, that we saw in the sequel. So, just wanted to throw that out there too. I think the fan the fans being back, I think, is going to play a factor in this one also. No, great point. This is this will be the first time since March of 2020 that the T-Mobile arena uh, will host an event with full capacity crowd attending too. So without a doubt, something to keep in mind because yeah, the, uh, the, the rowdiness definitely gets turned up a little more for Connor. And, and again, everything going into this, the, the loss, the last time, the, the motivation, the crowds being there, uh, it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere in the main event this Saturday, UFC 264, Poirier McGregor three, uh, that's your main event in the in the co-main, man. Gilbert Burns back in action since getting a crack at that welterweight title. In there with the Wonder Boy, bro. Stephen Thompson, one that uh, as young as he, he is, man, we, we've seen him what, like, it feels like forever uh, in there coming off now two wins in a row. Recently, the win over Jeff Neal back in December of 2020. Uh, how are you thinking uh, about this one heading in at the Saturday night in the co-main? This is a really, really interesting matchup. Um, like Burns is wrestling <laughs> and, and his power and stuff, I think is going to be, uh, it's going to be really um, telling early in the fight. I think like if Burns can get 
Thompson to the ground, then I think Burns, <coughs> I think Burns will be able to win this fight. If it stays just standing, though, you know, Burns has power, but I think Thompson has a lot more diversity in his in his stand up and him being the karate style, what they call kind of a point fighter style of um, kind of bouncing back and forth and in and out. And, you know, his techniques and coming from kind of different angles and stuff. Um, I think I, I, I'm leaning Stephen Thompson. Um, it, it's a really, really, really good fight, though. Uh, and this honestly could be basically a number one contender fight because at welterweight right now, we have Usman as the champion. All signs are pointing towards Covington and Usman running it back. Yes. Um. So and, and Colby is ranked number one under Usman. So you have you know right there. Then number two is Burns, who obviously fought Usman um, unsuccessfully, and then you have Leon Edwards underneath that. Leon Edwards is he? I mean, he could get the next title. Like he probably should fight for the title next. I don't know what they're gonna do for sure with him yet. Um, he has a couple options outside of the title, but like the only problem with Edwards, like the only downside is that the last round we saw him and he was getting his ass kicked by Nate Diaz. That's right. You know, like he definitely won that fight. 100% won that fight, Leon Edwards. Um, but like the last two times we'd seen him was that in the, in the eye poke with, um, with Bilal Muhammad. So like, it's just not. It, it just, I mean, once again, I, I I think Edwards has done enough to get the title shot. Like, he should fight the winner of Covington and Usman. But if he doesn't, I think those are probably the reasons why. And then right underneath him, you have Stephen Thompson. So basically, you have number four versus number two. So this very well could be the winner of that fight. Because the other, the other side of it, too, is especially if it's Wonderboy. Wonderboy hasn't fought Usman yet. He's the only one out of these guys. Well, Edwards fought him, you know, before he had the title. Burns and Covington have both had title shots, all against Usman. So, like, Wonderboy is the only guy out of this group who hasn't fought Usman for the title. Well, I keep saying, Edwards, I keep, it's hard to explain because Edwards did fight Usman, but that was before Usman was the champion, but he lost to him still. So it's, you know, but that all being said, uh, Ariel Hawani tweeted out, yesterday that he talked to Abraham Kawa, who is Masvidal's manager, Masvidal currently ranked number seven, and he's saying that they're lobbying for, I think, like November for either Colby Covington or Nick Diaz. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and obviously I want the Nick Diaz fight. Like, that's number one priority for me. Like, Masvidal versus Nick, give me that all day, no questions asked, just book that. But, um, but if something falls through... And Covington, you know, doesn't fight Usman for whatever reason. They could do Covington and Masvidal. Um, and then that's going to really open it up because then, you know, if Thompson wins, like he really, there's going to be no one but him or Edwards. And once again, the circumstances for Edwards are just strange because of the, you know, once again, losing the fifth round to Nate and the fight before that, the eye poke. And like before that, he had just a lot of inactivity, but, but also had like a 10 fight winning streak or something like that. So like there's a lot of factors to consider with that. But, um, but that all said, I, I, I do think Steven Waterboy Thompson wins the fight. I just think he has, I just think because of how much he has just more ways to win on the feet. And I think he'll be able to keep the fight standing. 
So that's uh that's where I'm at with that. What about you? Yeah, it's one that I my heart wants to pick Wonder Boy, but my gut's telling me I think Gilbert Burns may find a way to grind out a decision here. Um, I don't know. Again, the length, the 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 distance, the space, how how Wonder Boy uses that. I I want to say that's the motive for me picking him, but I think I'm gonna have to go Gilbert Burns and a little bit of a surprise of myself here, bro. Yeah, I mean, I think Burns will probably be the favorite going into the fight. Like on the betting lines, he probably should be the favorite. Um, Burns is an awesome fighter. Like I had Burns, I thought Burns, like I took Burns to beat Usman, and obviously I was wrong about that. But like that's how high I am on Burns. I just think. Wonder Boy is just a really bad matchup for a lot of people because yes. of his style. Um, so, and he's also got to be extra motivated knowing what I said before with like, he's the only guy not to fight Usman yet. So like, you know, if he wins this fight, he really, and this is a guy who, you know, fought Woodley for the title and fought to a draw, like literally came as close as you possibly can to winning the title without winning it. And then, True. you know, lost the rematch in a good fight, well, actually in a boring fight, but it, technically a close fight. Um, and then it's like, you never thought after that he'd ever like sniff the title ever again, but here he is. Like, I mean, this is, this is his opportunity to, to get back and possibly get a title shot. So, um, so yeah, I, I got to go with wonder boy, but, uh, I, I love the matchup. It is, it's a great co-main event for a uh, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier trilogy card. That's for sure. Yeah, great co-main event. Definite stakes here, especially again for Wonder Boy. That is a very important little note to keep in mind that uh, he is one of the uh, the few that haven't got a crack. Maybe the only one, like we're saying, that hasn't really got a crack at Kamaru outside of Leon. So uh, definite, definite stakes in this in the co-main event. Burns, Wonder Boy, uh, UFC 264 this Saturday, July 10th. Moving on down, we're gonna we're gonna hit all these main card fights. We're gonna hit the prelim card and then. Uh, Jensen's gonna give us some things to watch out for in that early prelim card, and we'll, uh, and you know that that'll be us for the week. But uh, keeping things going here on the main card, heavyweight action, Greg Hardy back in there, tied to Avasa. Do we see a shoey? That's the question for this fight. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's always the the million dollar question with Taichi <laughs> Avasa. Um, people are more concerned about if he's gonna. People want to see him win more. Like, because shoe. of that, then, like, him himself. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. And he's a likable guy, obviously, but it's it's funny because mo- everyone really just ties him to that shoey. Um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, Tai Chi Voss has a celebration. Like, when he wins fights, he'll go up to literal, like, strangers in the crowd, and they'll pull, they'll take one of their shoes off of their feet and fill it with beer and then he'll chug the beer out of people's shoes. Um, it's disgusting, but he's got <laughs> but he's gotten very over with it. So I mean, it's like a traditional thing, or not a traditional may not be the right word, but it's a thing that people do. Um, it's much more common in like I guess like New Zealand, Australia type areas. Like I, you know, that part of the world, it seems it seems like that's actually a thing. Um, but that's something that like I don't think I was aware of until I saw Tai Chi Vasa doing same it. big um, same. <laughs> so um, that being said, this fight, you know, Tai Vasa is coming off back to back KO and TKO wins in his last two fights. Greg Hardy coming off of his first um, his first TKO loss yeah. to the UFC to Martin Tybura. 
Um, but he had won his last two fights before that. Him going the distance with Alexander Volkov is very impressive. We talked about that before on this show. Um, gained a lot of respect for um, for Greg Hardy as a fighter during that Volkov fight. Uh, just him being able to go three rounds with a guy who's that high level in the division. Um, this is a this is a really hard one to call. I, I I think the main reason this card or this fight is on the main card is because I think that the UFC thinks there's going to be a knockout one way yes. or the other. Yep. Um, who gets the knockout though? That is the question. I think Taichi Avasa is probably the better overall fighter. I think he probably is. He's probably Greg Hardy definitely has knockout power and he definitely is athletic, but I think to boss is just going to be too much for him. I think he's just too, he's too he, I, experience. I don't know if that's the right word. Cause like to you know, he's been fighting since 2012 and he boxed before that. And Greg Hardy only has, he already, he's been staying pretty active. I got to give him credit for that. Um, he already has 11 fights just since 2018, which is like very impressive. pretty impressive. And like he fought amateur before that, uh, in 2017, three fights. So like, and once again, two boss definitely by far, but definitely has the experience advantage here, but Hardy's also got a lot more reps than the people realize. I think a lot of people still kind of feel like Greg Hardy is like this new thing that we like need to get out of MMA because of his past and all that stuff. But like, he's been around for a minute now. Um, and he's been pretty successful. He's been more successful yeah. than not. Yep. Um, it's a tough one. Cause, cause it's really, it really boils down to who do I think catches who, I mean, who catches who first? I think Greg Hardy has the potential and the quickness and the athleticism to get to Tuyavasa first, but I think Tuyavasa has it's more likely that Tuyavasa lands a cleaner combo first. So I'm gonna go with Tai Tuyavasa as my prediction. I think Greg Hardy might be able to get in there and maybe be able to land, but I think this fight doesn't doesn't last long. Like I think this is a, with, done within the first round, and it's whoever can put together the first like real solid combo. Like if Tuyavasa can like go like body head real quick on Hardy or something. I think Hardy would have a hard time dealing with a guy like him. Um, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tie to you. Vasa. What about you? His last fight, he got finished again. Marcin Tibera, who's on a big winning streak. Now we just saw him get another finish like a month ago. Um, but still, you know, Greg Hardy used to be in the hammer. He was the nail maybe for the first time in his life. Who knows? Very interested to see how he bounces back from that in there with Ty, who you talked about, maybe uh, a little more well-rounded of that doubt. Uh, maybe, uh, knows how to put the, the moves a little better together, if you will. So because of that, and just the, um, I guess the respect I have for, for Ty Tuavasa's ability to put someone to sleep. I'm gonna. I'm with you. I'm gonna ride with. Uh, I'm gonna ride with it and say we get a pretty effective shoey. Yep. Yeah. So we're we're both thinking we see a shoey on uh, yep. Saturday night. Yep. Guarantee. Well, I want to guarantee it, but very <laughs> likely, in my opinion, we see a shoey and again a fight that no doubt right here in the middle of this main card. Uh, some thoughts that it will not see the third, maybe not even see the second round uh, for sure. 
Ty Tuivasa, Greg Hardy. Great card, man. Moving along, uh, women's bantamweight division. Irene Aldana and Yana Kunitskaya, excuse me, uh, should be should be again. We talked about how exciting this this card was, man. Of course, with that main event and working our way down, uh, both very effective fighters, both looking to get another big win. Yeah, and this is a really good fight, like for this pay per view too, because this is, I, I I'm possibly potentially number one contender fight. The only reason I say potentially instead of like for sure is because so we have Kuniskaya is right number five, Aldana's right number four, mm-hmm. um, but right above them at number three is Aspen Ladd. Aspen Ladd is coming off a win over Kuniskaya, um, so if Kuniskaya won the fight, I don't think she'd be able, she should jump her. Um, and then above them, just for the record, we have Holly Holm at two. Jermaine uh, Durandamy at number one, and then, of course, Amanda Nunez as the champion. Um, Durandamy and Holm have both unsuccessfully fought Nunez. Uh, Aspen Ladd has never fought Nunez. So I think that Aspen Ladd is probably... Who's Amanda Nunez actually fighting next? Um, um, so that's coming up in, like, a month or something, I want to say. Is it Pena? I think you're right. That would be at 145, though, not 135. Yeah, that's 145, right? I believe, yeah. Um... Oh, I know. It's going to be at 135. Oh, how did Pena jump that line like that? That's unreal. I think she's, I honestly think she called her out and Nunez accepted basically. Cause like, that's, that's wild that she jumped that many people. Um, but that all being said, I think Aspen lives probably next in line. Um, but Akunas Kaya and Aldana is a pivotal matchup in the division. Uh, the winner of that's going to either get a title shot or be one fight away from fighting for the title. And I think it's a really good matchup yes. on paper. Sorry, what's that? No, I was saying, yeah. And I think, I'll, was it Aldana, her last fight, she lost to home, I believe? Yeah, she lost to home. Um, she had won her, her two fights before that over okay. Mello and Vieira. Lost to Pennington before that. But, like, Aldana's solid. She's really solid. And so is Kuzkaya. She's coming off of uh, back-to-back wins also. One of them to Vieira as well. So, um, and Kunis Kaya lost to Aspen Ladd, like I mentioned before. So, like, it's a, it's a really good matchup. It's a fight that, like I said, the winner of this fight will probably, will either get a title shot or will have to fight one more time. But they're very much going to be in the mix for, uh, for the, um, for the matchup with Nunez. Well, what I'm assuming is going to be Nunez. I'm assuming she's going to be Pena, but, um, as far as a prediction, I'm going to go, oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go Yana Kuniskaya, probably by decision. I think it's going to be a really good fight. Um, I just think Kuniskaya is just going to be able to do more to get it, to get a decision win. But I think it's, like I said, I think it's going to be close, um, a close three-round fight. But uh, I'm leaning Kuniskaya. What about you? Yeah, man, I, I got to go with you on that. Um, I think Aldana could definitely absolutely win this, that Holly Holm loss. Not a bad loss at all, but uh, I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to say Yana with the dub, but again, another tough-to-pick fight on this main card, which we can uh, we can put a bow on after this one, man. Depending on who you ask, Sean O'Malley still undefeated. I do not think he is, but uh, back in action, Bantamweight scrap, first fight on the main card against 
Chris Mutino, Mutino, um, Sugar Sean, man, I, I know that the, the fanboys are going to be fired up. Yeah, and you know this was supposed to be Louis Smolka, mm-hmm. um, and then a whole bunch of bantamweights like called out O'Malley. They were all in in the company, and they were like, "Hey, now that Smolka's out, like I'll take this fight." Like there was a lot of like really good bantamweights uh, within the UFC that that said they wanted it, and then for whatever reason, I'm not blaming O'Malley. Like I'm not I'm not blaming anyone in particular, but for whatever reason, uh, the company went ahead and hired somebody outside of the UFC to come in late notice to fight Sean O'Malley on this pay-per-view. Um, and that is once again, a Chris Mo Mount Moutino. I'm not yeah. sure. I have never seen him fight. Um, he is from, let's see, cage fury fighting championships. He's most recently fought in May of this, this year. So just, uh, okay. just a couple months ago, he's won his last two fights, uh, one by TKO, one by submission. But his overall record is nine and four. So basically, the way I feel about this, and and this is a show where we're very uh, liberal mm-hmm. about picking people with not with no Wikipedia page. Um, this is a case where I cannot go with the Wikipedia page. I have to go with Sugar Sean O'Malley. This very much feels like to me, like. <laughs> There's been multiple times over the years where Sean O'Malley was supposed to be on a Conor McGregor card and things happened. Um, like O'Malley would get injured or in trouble for some bullshit or something. Mm-hmm. And and by bullshit, I mean like something that like he really shouldn't have gotten in trouble for. Not him being an idiot, just because he, he dealt with, um, I can't remember what it was. He had to deal with like that that steroid suspension or whatever and stuff. And it was like, this, you really think he's on steroids? And if he is, like, look at everyone else. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. really. Um, but but that all being said, this this is very much, it, I would have said the same thing with Louis Smolka as his opponent, to be honest. As much respect as I had for Louis Smolka, this very much is Sean O'Malley. He's the first fight on the pay-per-view. It's a yep. Conor McGregor, you know. I, I, I give a lot of obviously a lot of credit to Dustin Poirier. It's the it's the McGregor and Poirier trilogy. This is a huge fight, huge card. They want Sean O'Malley to look good. They want him to win this fight. They want to continue to build him and continue to to increase his popularity. And this is really the best way you can do that. Like, look at what it did for um, Michael Chandler. Yeah, like Mike, you know, Michael Chandler was on the on the last McGregor Poirier card knocked out Dan Hooker and wound up fighting Oliveira for the title in his next fight because so many people saw it. So um, now this uh, Chris Mutino guy, uh, I just don't know enough about him to, to, to ride with him on this prediction. It just would be foolish. Um, O'Malley, I still think has a ton of potential. I still think he's a, he's a very good fighter. He looked really good in his uh, in his last win over Thomas Almeida. Knocked him out yes. in the third round. Looked great. His only blemish is Marlon Vera. And I bring up the Andre Sukumtoth fight often because like he would have lost that fight if Sukumtoth would have just stood up off the ground because because uh, O'Malley would not have been able to continue. His leg was completely jacked up. That was the fight. I know I talk about it a lot on the show, but just for people who might not know, he O'Malley's leg was so screwed up that he had to do the entire post-fight interview on the on the ground. Like, he was sitting there getting interviewed by Joe Rogan. Um, meaning, like, you know, if Sukumtoth 
basically what happened was Sukumtoff completely screwed up O'Malley's leg, like just just beat him up and just like screwed his leg up. And O'Malley had won the fight up to that point, but O'Malley was like really compromised and definitely injured. And he was on the ground, turtled up, and Sukumtoff went to the ground with him, and eventually the the round ended. But if Sukumtoff would have just stood up and the referee would have told O'Malley to stand up, O'Malley wouldn't have been able to stand most likely and Sukumtoff would have won. Um, so those are the only two times in his career that he just hasn't looked great. Once again, Sukumtoff and Vera. Um, but he looked damn good against uh, Almeida. I really want to see O'Malley and Garbrandt. Like that is an interesting fight for me. Um, and a fight I really, really, really do want to see. So I'm hoping as a fan that Sean O'Malley looks really impressive on Saturday and then gets like a big fight against a big name in the division, you know, in particular, you know, Cody Gar or, you know, Cody Garbrandt or, or, you know, more of the upper level Bantamweights. But um, yeah, this, I mean, this, this is set up for the sugar show for sure. How do you feel about this one? Uh, man, you nailed it. I think yeah. we, we're putting sugar Sean in a spot to do well, um, absolutely. The, the flip side of that is if you're Chris, I believe, Martino, you know, uh, a, a an impressive performance here. And, you know, it's the sky's the limit, man. If you can, you know, keep in this fight or win this fight. I mean, hypothetically, like, you I mean, you're putting yourself on the map. So I love that, you know, I love that he's in there doing it. But without a doubt, it feels like the UFC is trying to push that Sean, uh, Sean train a little more. So I'm with you, man. I think O'Malley gets the win probably in impressive fashion, uh, probably drops some new merch on like Sunday morning and, uh, it'll be a good weekend for the sugar show. Yes. All the hype beasts will go out and buy the new, the new sugar show merch drops right after it, You know, as long as he's smart about it and like, doesn't drop the merch if he loses like yeah. how Tyron Woodley totally dropped that rap album about being the champion of the world the day after he lost to Usman. Um, like don't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's, that's just good business. That's, that's the move. <laughs> uh, that's the, that's the main card for, for UFC 264 this Saturday, July 10th. We, we've got so many names still though on this prelim and the early prelim card, the, the main event uh, for the prelim card, if you will, welterweight fight on ESPN Saturday night. Carlos Condit, man, back in the cage. Max Griffin. This should be, man, is, again, there, there's without a doubt so many business reasons. This is the 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 big uh, ESPN prelim fight, man. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, this is a great matchup uh, between two guys who are in kind of similar positions, like, um, Max Griffin at this point, how old is he now? 35. Condit's probably younger than I think just because of how long I've watched him. 37. He is younger than I thought. Um, cause man, I remember him back in the WEC and he had been around for a minute before then. Um, man, this is, this is a really good matchup. I really like this. I like both guys. Mm-hmm. I, want to pick Condit, but I also can't forget that he had lost his last like six fights before recently bouncing back, beat Court McGee and Matt Brown, uh, both by decision. Uh, but once again, two fighters that are very much in his position as far as like, you know, towards the tail end of their careers. And, you know, I love Matt Brown. I mean, I, I love seeing him get that knockout the other week and like, I'm a huge fan, but like, I can recognize that he's kind of on the decline. 
Uh, Max Griffin, once again, very similar. Like he's been around since 2009 as a professional, he, but he's won his last two fights by TKO and KO versus, you know, Condit, who, you know, won his last two by decision. Uh, so like Griffin's been more impressive, but man, it's just really, it's really tough to pick against Carlos Condit because it's one of those things where like, if he looks as good as he did against his last two opponents, yes, I think he could, he could be Max Griffin as well. I mean, it's not like Max Griffin's unbeatable. Like, you know, he's very hot or cold. He'll lose a couple, win a couple, lose a couple. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to roll with Condit. I'm just going to go with it. Like I, the guy's got heart still. And once again, so does Max Griffin. None of this is against Max. It's just very pro Carlos. Just it's, it's hard for me to pick against him. Um, I just kind of feel like, and this might be a bad comparison. It might not be fair, but it's like, I feel like if Carlos Condit can beat Matt Brown at this, at this point still, I think he can still, he can beat Max Griffin also. So I'm going to go with Carlos Condit. What about you? Yeah, Griffin's been really impressive. I uh, get some finishes, but I, I think uh, I think I got to roll with you. I think it's more so just my own bias. Like, I, I love Max Griffin for sure. Respect the hell out of him. But I just, it's it's hard to pick against Carlos. He's on a win streak. I, I, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say it, man, with you. I'm going to say decision for con just as an, a little bit uh, more to, to get a decision win and, and what should be a very exciting, very good fight that if Max Griffin wins and, and, you know, possibly gets a finish somehow over someone as tough as Carlos, that's very impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm all for it, but, uh, but it's just, it's, it's Carlos calling What do you want me to say? Exactly. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Again, that's on ESPN this Saturday, July 10th. Uh, also on this prelim card on ESPN, we've got uh, a welter, another welterweight banger, Nico Price, Michael Pereira. Nico, someone, anytime we, we, we find him on our car, we talk about him because of how exciting he is, how you know he puts all these finishes together. He's either going to get a finish or going to get finished, it feels like. Um, how do you think it goes this Saturday for Nico in there with Pereira? I, I love this matchup. Like This is honestly like, on paper – this is the one I'm looking the most forward to on the entire show outside wow. of outside of, I mean, the, the main event, obviously the trilogy. Right. And then of course, like Burns and Thompson could wind up being kind of boring potentially. Like it, it, I hope it isn't, but it potentially could be like Nico Price and Michelle Pereira is like, that's, that's like, honestly, probably the one of the most hyped for outside of just the main event. Like this, because stylistically the guys are, are both very exciting. Like Pereira, basically got on the map and got signed to the UFC because he was going viral by doing lion salts and <laughs> stuff in actual wrestling and wrestling. It was basically, he was doing pro wrestling moves in, in actual MMA fights and he caught the attention of the internet. And um, he's done some crazy stuff in the UFC too. Like he hasn't like shied away from it. He'll still throw these like wild like cartwheel kicks and still try to backflip on people and stuff. And like, I'm here for it as a pro wrestling fan. Like anybody who's going to go into the octagon in a real actual MMA fight and still try to be that level of like showman to like try to win a fight with like a backflip, like an, a real fight with a backflip. Mm -hmm. Like that's, 
Like, I'm here for that. Um, and then Nico Price, super, super uh, innovative and impressive. Like, his last fight was at no contest to Cowboy, but it was, um, I mean, that it, that was, it was initially a, um, it was initially a draw, I think. Yeah, how did they wind up? Oh, yeah, Nico Price wound up testing positive for THC, which, like, is who, who cares? Yeah. That is so dumb that they're still getting tested for that. That's so stupid. But um, but it was initially a draw, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was a majority draw initially. Um, and that was a really fun fight. And Nico Price has looked really impressive at times. Like, his loss to Vicente Luque, Luque knocked him out. But Price, like, he he has serious heart for, like, the damage he took during that one before the fight ended. When he beat James Vick with the up kick, that was like a mark out moment. It was like, cause you just see it so rarely someone on their back on the ground, just throwing their foot up in the air the way he did. And James Vick was kind of going down uh, like he was going to try to get to the ground with, uh, with price. And, and he just caught him was perfect. Um, he's had really impressive wins over guys like Tim means and Randy Brown. Um, just really uh a really exciting fighter to watch. Uh, so I like this fight a lot. Like I said, it's like my most anticipated fight on paper outside of the main event, probably on the whole show. Um, I think I got to go with Nico price. Cause I think he just kind of keeps it together a little bit better. Like, I don't think he's going to be like a Michelle Pereira goes for some really crazy shit against Nico price. I think Nico price is like crazy enough himself that he'll just know how to deal with it. As weird as that sounds. Like, I feel like Nico Price is probably used to people trying to just do crazy shit because, because Nico Price himself is crazy and innovative. Like he's, he's, he throws wild elbows and stuff off his back. Like I said, the up kick. Um, and he has really good stand up. and he, he's all, his cardio is great. He's always like right up on people and stuff. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan. I, so I just think, I think Nico Price has more ways to win. I think he'll be able to kind of tame the craziness of Michelle Pereira, but I can't wait to watch these guys uh, both do their thing because this is going to be, regardless, it's going to be a really entertaining fight, regardless of who wins. But I'm going to take Nico Price. Yeah, without a doubt, one of those. I guess it's hard for the main event not to be the the Steven Jensen people's main event of of the card, but this feels like it's definitely... In that contention, uh, I'm with you. It should be as exciting as it gets. I'm going Nico too. Just a big fan of him. Uh, again, that roller coaster. They're going to finish him, or he's going to finish you. I think, like you said, he, he gets the job done. Um, but no doubt, an absolute exciting fight right here in the middle of this prelim card on ESPN. Uh, just a couple more on the ESPN card, and then and then Steven's going to point out some of the early prelims, and we'll get out of here on the. Uh, the ESPN card, which is on 8 Eastern on ESPN, it's going to kick off with a middleweight fight between was this Drykus Duplessis and Trevin Giles. And then the, the only other fight we haven't hit outside of that one, Ryan Hall versus Alia Toporia. That's a featherweight fight. How are you feeling about these two men coming into the weekend? I think these are good fights, too. Like, I'm always up to see Ryan Hall fight. Um, you know, he is... Uh, he lost the first fight of his career, but he's won all of his fights since then. He's just very inactive, but he's mm-hmm. an awesome grappler. Um, and, you know, 
just in the UFC, he's been there since 2015, and he has wins, decisions over Artem Lobov and Gray Maynard. Then he submitted BJ Penn with a heel hook, and like to submit BJ Penn, even though BJ is say what you will about BJ Penn in his current day form as yeah. a fighter and stuff, but like it's still impressive to submit BJ Penn, and, and it was a it was like a flying heel hook. It was nasty. And then um, he beat Darren Elkins by decision in his last fight, and that was in 2019. And Elkins is tough as hell. Like, that guy's an absolute animal. Um, so I'm a big fan of Ryan Hall. His opponent, uh, Tapuria, I'm, I'm not super familiar with him. I know he's fought in the UFC for, like, the last year or so. Um, and he's undefeated in his career. He's 10-0. and 0. So, you know, it's... Ryan Hall versus a guy who hasn't lost at least. So we'll uh, we'll see. He won his last fight over Damon Jackson with a knockout in the first round uh, in December of 2020. So about about seven months ago. So it's um it's a good matchup. Like I got to go with Ryan Hall just because like I know more about him. His grappling is just so dangerous and so mm-hmm. next level. And he's such an unassuming looking guy, kind of like a Ben Askren looking guy. Um, and, but he's or almost like uh like a Cole Radrick kind of looking like someone who you just look at and like, you don't think is a fighter, but then like really surprises you when you see his, his skill set. Um, and Cole Radrick, by the way, that's a, a reference to an indie professional wrestler for anyone who has no idea about independent professional wrestling. Hmm. Shout out Cole Radrick. One of my favorite guys in the game, Ratty daddy, the Charlie Conway of independent wrestling. Um, yes. Ducks fly together. But, uh, but yes, I got to go with, uh, with Ryan Hall there. And then the uh, the other matchup between Du Places and Trevin Giles. Yep. Uh, Places, I'm probably screwing that name up. Uh, new to the UFC as of just one fight last year, but an overall record of 15 and two, and coming off three wins back to back to back. Same nice. with Trevin Giles; he's won three in a row as well. So both guys have a lot of momentum. I just know more about Giles because I've been watching him in the UFC longer. Um, Giles been around since 2017. So, and he's only lost two fights. Uh, they were early in his UFC run, and he's won his last three. So, uh, so yeah, I got to go. Uh, see, the thing the thing with this Duplessis guy, by looking at his record, I mean, he looks really dangerous. Like, he's winning all these fights by submission or TKO or knockout. I mean, it's like... The, I, you know what? I'm actually gonna roll with him. I know less about him, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with him. Giles is is impressive too. Um, he has a lot of knockouts and submissions also. But I mean, this other dude, it's like guillotine chokes, rear naked chokes, like all over, like all up and down. Like he must have just an insane grip. Um, and then you mix in those knockouts. Looks like he's got heavy hands also. So I'm going to go Duplessis, Duplessis. I might be pronouncing his name completely different by the next time we talk. I'm going to have to do some research <laughs> on him. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to go with him over Trevor Giles, actually. No, yeah, same based off name alone. It's almost like Suplexis, and I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, there you um, go. But, yeah, that's the prelim card on ESPN. Uh, there's still, what, one, two, three, four fights on the early prelims that you can catch on ESPN Plus slash UFC Fight Pass. Uh, of course, Jennifer Maya, Jessica, I stands out. But yeah, w- what are a couple of these that you uh, you'd point out to the uh, to the audience? You know, go out of their way to to catch before the prelims start on ESPN. 
Yeah, Jennifer Maya and uh, Jessica I, we have them both ranked at, let's see, trying to pull up the rankings. I just lost it. Where is women's flyweights? Jessica I. So Jessica I is number seven and Jennifer Maya number four. Jennifer Maya recently fought the, the champ. Well, both have fought of Shevchenko, but Maya fought her most recently. Um this is this is an interesting match. I mean, both are very good. I don't think either gets another title shot with a win, so they're both kind of in no what does it say no man's land, but you know the the female version of that. Um, I I mean, I think Maya like Maya's ground game is definitely better. Um, and she did go to a decision with Shevchenko versus Jessica I uh, getting like totally murked like i was there live for that one in chicago um with that head kick um i'm gonna go jennifer maya i think jennifer maya just has more ways to win especially if Maya can get her to the ground i think it's gonna be no problem but i is very tough you know um uh, but i yeah i gotta go jennifer maya and then the other fight that i'd uh i'd point out would be amari akhmedov and uh brad tavares akhmedov is coming off of uh, a win over Tom Breeze. Been looking really good lately. Overall record of 21 and 5. Brad Tavares is a guy who's been around deceptively long as well. Like, he's been around since 2007. And I, I remember, like, really thinking he was going to beat Israel Adesanya during Israel Adesanya's uh, ascent to the championship. And obviously, I was very wrong about that. But, you know, uh, Tavares has fought a lot of good I mean, he's fought all the best guys. Like, he's fought Joel Romero, Robert Whitaker. Like I said, Adesanya, he fought Edmund Shabazian, who, you know, obviously a, a, one of the top prospects in the division, mm-hmm. fought Lorenz Larkin a while back, fought Phil Baroni like a decade ago, um, wow. fought Nate Marquardt. I mean, he's fought like everybody. So it's tough because like Brad Tavares, he's a tough, he's a tough out for anyone. Akhmedov, I think, is going to be a tough matchup for him. Um both guys won a lot of a lot of decisions too. Man, I don't know. I think that off made off Sambo or Sambo rather might be like that's going to be the 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 telling point is like can off made off grapple him and if he can I think he'll win. Um, so I got to go with off made off based off that. But like this is a really really good matchup that I think people should should definitely tune in for on the on the early prelims, but. I'm gonna take Hawk Madoff over Tavares, but that one that one's pretty damn close to being a coin flip for me too. But uh that's that's how I'm gonna lean there. Yeah, great stuff, man. Insane card, top to bottom, like like Steven was just saying, a couple of very, very good fights on the early prelims. We've got a pretty damn loaded prelim card, eight Eastern ESPN, and then of course one of the biggest uh pay-per-views of the year, UFC two sixty-four on ESPN plus pay-per-view. 10 Eastern headline, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, three. Uh, great week. Great to be back, man. Um, of course, we'll be back next week to, to talk about all of the effects of, of everything coming out of this pay-per-view and this card as a whole, as well as uh, getting into some talk about next Saturday's card over on ESPN. It'll be UFC on ESPN. We've got Misha Tate on there. We've got Jeremy Stevens on there. Um, it, it should be a fun card, man, to preview a little bit. That'll be at the apex, but like I said, the, uh, the mock, the Makachev and Moises card. Yeah, that'll be yes, good. It is, man. That's a sneaky, good fight. People are kind of like 
Corey McGregor is getting all the talk, and rightfully so, with the these two in the history. But um, I think we're you know a week from now we're going to be talking about like, oh man, this this is one that's kind of snuck up. So uh, can't wait for that. Can't wait for this Saturday's fight night or fight card over on ESPN Plus and ESPN uh, at most KOBK on Twitter. If you feel so inclined, follow me. Uh, can't wait to talk about it all again next week, bro. Yeah, for sure. Big weekend coming up for MMA, so. Make sure if you're going to be watching this once again, I'll be doing a watch along on the Fightful YouTube channel. So you can check it out at Fightful and also at Fightful MMA. Make sure you're following on social media as well uh, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful, and at Fight Talk for myself, F I G H T T A L K underscore. Make sure to use a promo code Fight Talk on IWTV or independentwrestling.tv. Um, and, uh, yeah, anything else I got going on this week, I'll make sure to keep updated on my Twitter. Always make sure to check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast over there on FightfulSelect.com. I talk about independent professional wrestling and pretty much everything outside of, like, mainstream, uh, like WWE, for the most part, on there. So, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. If you're a fan of pro wrestling, check that out. Once again, that's on FightfulSelect.com. It's called the Weekender Podcast. And on that tier, you also get you know a bunch of news from Sean Ross Sapp. You get uh, Alex Pulaski Sour Graps, which is, uh, in my opinion, the best one-man podcast in professional wrestling. He just just shits on everything, which I just think is <laughs> I just think is just so funny to listen to. Um, and yeah, he's he's just funny. His whole delivery. Alex is a great guy, and you know you get a whole bunch of stuff over there at FightfulSelect.com. And also, just real quick, I want to tell everyone about our sponsors over at Music City Toys and Collectibles. Yes. Because um, they're always hooking it up. Uh, I'm going to give away that signed Dan Severn glove at some point. Still trying to figure out a good giveaway. But make sure you're supporting uh, Music City Toys and Collectibles, everybody. Check out their website, musiccitytoys.biz. Make sure to follow them on social media, at Music City Toys. And just a little bit about them. like They have a retail location, 101 West Main Street in Waterton, Tennessee. W-A-T-E-R-T-O-W-N, Waterton, Tennessee. And um, they have action figures and magazines and DVDs and, I mean, anything you think of if you're a pro wrestling fan. They're nice people. They give you fair business. And, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about them. They do sales on their Facebook page fairly often. Uh, it's it's just fun to collect and, and buy stuff through Music City Toys and Collectibles. So support them because they support us. Um, but, yeah, before we get out of here, you got anything left? No, man. Uh, thank everyone. Yeah, watch VXS Wrestling. Watch H2O Wrestling. Uh, thank you, everyone. Anyone that supported, thank you. Thank you, Steven Jensen. Uh, Mose KOBK. There you go. For Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, I'm <laughs> Steven Jensen. Back next week, talking some more mixed martial arts.